This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And a beautiful Saturday morning. Welcome to one and all to The Garden Show. Charlie Dobbin racing around the studio once again, getting her headphones straightened around. Just and, uh, adjusting the volume. Exactly. Thank you very much, and what a gorgeous, gorgeous day. Isn't this? Now, can you believe that some folks might be out in their garden today? Spring is sprung. Yeah. Better, better be out in the garden. There's lots to do. <laughs> <laughs> that is for sure, my friend. We've got Sebastian manning the lines in case you want to call in with a question. Or, you know, sometimes we get some great advice from our listeners too, right, Jerry? Mm. So, here are the numbers 416-360-0740 in Toronto. Anywhere else in the province, hey, it's toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. I'm Frank Proctor, by the way, the sous chef of the garden. (laughs) Delighted to share the studio with the mistress of the magnolias, (laughs) or whatever. (laughs) Darling of the dahlias. Yes, yes, yes. Goddess of the garden. Um, okay, I said yeah, that. Yeah, okay. You didn't. <laughs> yeah, and you believe There's it, There's something that's wrong the, with that's that. That's the thing. You believe all of it. Oh, <laughs> you're right. Oh, I yeah. have to. Um, oh, oh you're, I was going to say, notes? I've lost my notes. But no, <laughs> I, as I showed you, I'm very organized. Yes. Oh, my God. Brand new book. Brand new book. You've got all your Fresh. little notes in it. Oof. Oh, jeez. Announcements, yes. as is my won't. Yes. Won't. Okay, remember the worm castings. Have you yes. ordered your worm castings? Once again, the Riverdale Hort Society is selling worm castings. That's worm poop, for those of you that aren't sure what that is. <laughs> and it's a fabulous product for top-dressing the lawn, for adding to your garden, even to adding into above-ground you know, container gardens and raised, raised beds of any kind. Large bags, only $15. Half bags, quarter bags, so all sizes. For more information or to order... Contact RHS, sir, mm-hmm. that's for Richmond, sorry, for Riverdale Hort Society, wormcastings at gmail.com. So one word, RHS, wormcastings. And that's all happening quite quickly. You'll be picking those up in uh, late, later in April or into May. Uh, okay, Toronto Botanical Gardens is having some big Earth Day celebrations. It's all free. It's very family friendly. So you might want to grab the grandkids particularly if it's going to be a gorgeous day, mm-hmm. uh, and that's Saturday, April the 23rd, so two, uh, next week. <laughs> I was going to say two weeks from today. No, next week. Uh, so kicking off the growing season, lots of activities like guided hikes, blender, blender bike rides, dinosaur kale planting, scavenger hunts, crafts, story time, performances, and more. That's from noon until 4 p.m. next week at the Toronto Botanical Gardens, which is 777 
Lawrence Avenue East. Okay, the Hamilton and Burlington Rose Society are hosting a meeting. That'll be on Sunday, April 24th, so a week tomorrow at 2 o'clock at the Royal Botanical Garden Center, 680 Plains Road West in Burlington. They'll be in rooms number 3 and 4. The speaker is a senior research technician for the Canadian Hardy Rose Program at Vineland Research Centre, which, of course, is in Vineland, Ontario. It's an incredible opportunity to learn about the Canadian Rose Breeding Program and the new Hardy Roses they're working on. Everyone is welcome, of course. There's no entrance fee nor parking fee. Same day, April 24th, Greater Toronto Water Garden and Hort Society will be holding their regular meeting at the Banbury Community Centre, 120 Banbury Road in North York, 1230 till 4. Marion Jarvie will be there speaking on texture in landscaping around a pond. Visitors and those planning water gardens are super welcome to attend. More information, www.onwatergarden, one word, onwatergarden.com. Haha. Uh-huh. All right. Is that okay? That's more than okay. Okay. It's wonderful. You didn't, like, go to sleep while I (laughs) was going through all that? I I did not. I did not, but my pen just ran out of ink. Oh, I have a spare pencil. Do you? Okay, I'll I'll Or do you want to, you prefer pens? (laughs) I probably have one of those, too. (laughs) Okay. We've got just about a full uh, bank of lines here uh, and still room for maybe one or two more. 416-360-0740, I forgot to mention... uh, Call early, call often, one question per call. And hey, let Sebastian know if you're a first-time caller, and we'll hear the little bell to welcome you to the show. Mm-hmm. Just like that. Okay. Garden wings. There you are. Charlie and I shall return after these words. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And thank you for joining us as we broadcast live and direct from the uh, Zoomerplex in Liberty Village, saying hi, first of all, to Delane calling in from Barrie. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning to the two of you. Good morning. I have a a wooden fence all along the south side of my backyard, Mm -hmm. and uh, about two feet out on the the ground, Mm -hmm. I have slabs of moss. I tried to get rid of it last year, but I noticed that it's getting pretty heavy out there again. And on the bottom part of the fence itself, Mm -hmm. about a foot up, I have a a layer of green Mm, algae or other. Yeah, yeah. So you said that. What that is and how I can get rid of that. So you said it's on the south side of your of your property, but this is all happening on the north side of the fence, I imagine. it's not. So, I guess you'd say that. Yeah, just just to be clear. All right. So, okay. When moss grows, is is it lawn that you want to have growing there, or well, is it garden? I, I would like. I put flowers all, all along there, but uh, I'm just wondering if I need to plant grass because the the dirt is about uh, two feet wide mm-hmm. with no grass or anything except the slabs of moss. Slabs of moss. All right. So the main thing to understand about moss is that there's certain conditions that will help moss grow, and there's things you can do to change up the conditions so that it will not be a happy place for moss, and it's potentially a much happier place for flowers or lawn. If it's very low light, a very shady spot, of course, moss loves a fairly shady spot, it, you're not going to find a 
lawn is going to grow very well there. So I'd be inclined to go with flowers rather than, than trying to grow lawn in, in the dark. But remember that if the drainage is poor, if it's a moist location, if it's a low spot in your, on your, in your yard, the water collecting there, the moisture at all times will contribute to moss. Moss well, that, loves that's moisture. That's surprising because it's sort of mounded mm. right in front of the fence and mm-hmm. it sort of slopes down into the yard. Mm. So oh. it's, it, I would feel that it would... Like, it's not really damp. It, it drains seemingly okay. Right. And, and that's, like you said, that's the back of your backyard. So technically, everything drains away from your house. And then if it's draining away from the back of the backyard, then your more moist spot would be right in the center of your yard, I would think. That would be where water would collect. But your soil, you are calling from Barry. You could be... So often our soil is poorly drained beneath that top layer of topsoil. It's a you know serious clay layer. So just keep that in mind that if you can do anything to contribute to make sure that it's a well-drained area. Um, the other thing is low fertility. Moss loves low fertility. So adding some all-purpose fertilizer makes it an unhappy place for moss. Um, okay. Also keep in mind that if it's very acidic in that area, meaning the pH is low, below neutral, again, moss is a happy camper. So we use horticultural lime. Buy that at your local garden center, horticultural lime, and we sprinkle that. You know, First, I would shovel out the moss, eliminate that. I would sprinkle horticultural lime. I'd get in there with a fork, a digging fork, and I'd dig around and loosen the, the soil up a bit so that you've got, you aerate it a bit and and just be careful of having, you know, sort of moisture collect back there. Great. Um, you can't do much about the shade, but certainly uh, adding some fertilizer in a week or two will help as well. Very good. So okay. thank you so much for your help. You're very okay, welcome. Delane. Thanks for your call. First caller in this uh, beautiful Saturday morning. And uh, let's go to Kate in Toronto. Hi, Kate. Hi. Morning. Good morning. Um, I was wondering about wisteria vines. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me. Um, do, do you need to trim them back like to make them flower or do they... Do you leave them? You let go. Trust me, don't ever turn your back on a wisteria. <laughs> oh, really? It will encompass your house and everybody's house in your neighborhood if you don't keep keep it under control. They are very, very vigorous plants, and once they get established, they grow very quickly. How long ago did you plant it? Um, a couple of years ago. It's okay. over an arbor in the middle of my backyard. Okay, good. And it's a nice strong arbor, really solid and made, you know, Settle, no, yes. good because again, it's, it's, it becomes a very heavy plant uh, mm. with age. Now, the, the trick with wisteria is you do have to have some patience. When we first plant them, unless they're flowering when we buy them, then, they, then we know what color they are and we know that they're mature enough to flower. But if it's just a little green plant and we plant it and it starts to grow, we have to be patient. It's a minimum of a seven-year wait. before you see flowers and it might even be longer than that but do do some pruning for sure what i would recommend it's a bit hard to explain over the like on the phone on the radio but there's a very good description on how to prune and care for wisteria on canadian gardening's website so if you so if you google you know Canadian Gardening, which is a, mm-hmm. a magazine, so and it's from years ago. It's probably from like 2006 or seven. Um, so Canadian Gardening and then Wisteria, you will, you will find that. And it's a multi-page with photos and descriptions on how to prune and when to prune. 
Okay. Okay. And and you do prune Just to flower in- a little bit last year, oh, and good. it's all kinds of seed pods. Oh well, that's good because you so you did have flowers. That's great. Yeah, it has- yeah, and I just, I just don't. I was wondering, do you do you, so? I'll go to the website and find yeah, out. Yeah, take Will a look. Seed it's pods germinate. They could, uh, they could grow, but again, huge exercise and patience. <laughs> and who knows? Because they are typically they're, they're often a hybrid when we buy them, so the seeds will not be the same as the parent, usually. Uh, okay. All right. So you, I mean, it's fun to try though. See what you get. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Thank you, Kate. Right. Thanks, Kate. Have a good weekend. Thanks for joining us here on Zoomer Radio. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And from Bolton, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, is yes. Mary. Hi, Mary. Good morning. Hello, Mary. Nobody there? Morning. Okay. We've got a... All righty. We'll go to the next call. Uh, good morning, Deirdre. 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 Yes. <laughs> hey, Deirdre. Hi. Hello. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. Um, I have a question about a river birch tree. Mm-hmm. I planted it about five years ago. Mm-hmm. It's come on very well. I have another one as well that's done extremely well. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one, it has two trunks. Mm-hmm. One is not as prolific as the other. It's... Um, it it looks healthy but the leaves are coming in much smaller than the other chunk Mm -hmm. and they're a little bit yellow they're not that bright green that you get from a river birch Mm -hmm. and I don't know what to do I have a friend who has the exact same thing going on in her place. She's got about six river birch, three look great, and three have small, pale leaves. And what we've done to try and uh, facilitate making her birches happier is she got a hold of chelated iron. So fertilizer with chelated, so C-H-E-L-A-T-E-D, so chelated iron and in the fertilizer and she used that to fertilize the birch now at this time of year and that's because things can happen in the soil where you've got um the the plant can't access nutrients because of either some nutrients are too high and they're stopping access to what the plant needs um there's kind of one reasons why nutrients can can have issues being available to plants and the iron seems to make a real difference in the case of the birch that are looking like yours and hers okay so and where would you get that type of a fertilizer? At, at any garden center. I mean, you're in Mississauga, so you've got Sheridans around you. Uh, yeah. Maybe you're close yeah. to a plant world, something like that. Just go in and say, I'm looking for a fertilizer for my birch, but I want to make sure it's got chelated iron. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Thank you so much. Let us know how that works out. Thank you very much. Okay, Deirdre. Yeah. Oh, all right. I'm glad you've taken your Cerasil today because yes. you've got to get your elbow going. You've got oh, some serious bell ringing to do. I do. After got... you give the numbers, I guess. All right. Yeah, I'm going to give the numbers one more time. Here we do have, when we say goodbye to Deirdre, uh, that freed up a line, 416-360-0740. And then anywhere in the province, it's toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Hey, Tim out there in Mississauga, first-time caller. Welcome to the show. Well, I thank you very much. Morning, Tim. Morning. Um, our challenge is we, uh, we've we had violets uh, taking over our, mm. our significant area of our back lawn. Mm. So we decided to dig them all out last spring and fill it in with new soil and mm-hmm. 
get rid of the old soil. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we put down some sod last June, mm-hmm. and we watered it like crazy, and we ended up with a beautiful lawn. Excellent. But then in late summer and fall, the sod started to go brown, and much of it died. Oh. So now we're planning to put soil over the whole back lawn and, mm-hmm. and seed it. Right. And uh, we did some seeding a couple of years ago, and it didn't go so well. So I want to make sure that I don't have another failure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What is the best way to, to deal with this? Well, I'm wondering why. Okay, so how much sun does this area get in your lawn um, in a day? It gets, uh, it, it's somewhat shady to a certain degree, but it, it does get sun. Yeah, and so- we've actually just, there's a big tree out in the back, mm-hmm. and we've just cut a uh, big branch that was sort of coming right over towards our house. So we okay. had that cut off this uh, spring. Okay. So we're going to get more sun than we did. Okay, good. So that's what I'm wondering. Like, if, if your lawn looked great after the sodding and the spring and the summer, green and lush, and as the uh, summer move, went on and we got into late summer and fall, uh, and it started to all shrivel up and turn brown, that's what I'm suspecting is. So you have to remember, sod is grown on at a sod farm. Yeah. And if you've ever seen a sod farm, it's wide open open pure sun all day not a tree no shade at all so when we use sod to replace any parts of our lawn it will work perfectly if we are putting that sod into the same conditions it was growing in so full sun when we move sod into a shady or fairly shady spot it's going to do well for a little while but then it's going to start to deteriorate because those grasses are not tuned into the the low light levels that they're in so that you're smart to do overseeding rather than sodding again so you head off whether you're going to buy bags of top dressing soil or you're going to have a a yard of soil delivered to your driveway in one of those nice big bags yeah that's what we we planned to do. We yeah. bought one of those last year to fill in. We really dug down deep and got all of yeah. our violets out, I hope, although we still have a few that keep popping up. But It's true. You really have to do dig deep to get the violets out. None of this just taking them off at ground level. you got to oh, go no, right down. Really and uh, I know I hired three teenagers <laughs> on three separate occasions to dig my lawn, dig violets out of my lawn, because it is, and they still come up. Like, I'm still, every spring I'm out there digging up violets. It's uh, my, so it's my I'm fault. I've not finished this, this we're going to have to keep working at this. That's right. As soon as you see one violet, you're going to see 50 more. So as soon as you see one, dig it up right away like get and dig deep. <laughs> so Because they will. They'll shoot seeds around very quickly <clears throat> in the spring. Well, what I use now is I, I bought this thing from Lee Valley for um, for, for uh, dandelions, right. which is on the end of my hose, on. and I stick oh, it down, yeah. and it, it waters all down there, and then you get the, the weed out of the uh, root out of the dandelion. I've been using that. Is mm-hmm. that a good way to do it, or do I really have to <clears throat> nope. big, deep holes again, even nope. for a little one? No, you don't do exactly what you're doing. You just want to get that root. That's the most important thing, and you preferably want to get those violets out before they flower, which yeah. they're going to do probably today or tomorrow. And so you want to get them out before they flower because they will set seeds right away, and there you're back. back growing violets. So okay. well, stay that's, on that's that. That's basically what yeah. we've tried to do. But and the key right now is how do I make sure that this seed works? Because I did do some seeding uh, on some winter kill a couple mm-hmm. years ago and went to the, the garden shop and they sold me this great seed and mm-hmm. this great uh, fertilizer mm-hmm. and 
told me what mix it all together and and, and it didn't really work all that well so uh, it's, it's, this overseeding that I'm going to do now, yeah. what is the best way to make sure that that's going to work? Okay, so you're going to top dress with the soil you've got coming in, raking it all nice and level. Yeah. That you're going to buy seed that is for your conditions. Is what? Is for your conditions. So you're going to buy grass seed that is perhaps for part shade, part sun. It's going to perhaps be for high traffic if you're out playing around on this lawn a lot. Um, so you're going to look, there's a lot of grass seed blends out there. So you're going to choose a blend that's going to work for your conditions and you are going to get what you pay for. So be prepared to get a good name brand and expect it to cost you a few dollars uh, because a better quality grass seed is going to give you a long-term lawn as opposed to a nice short-term lawn that you'll get with a cheap grass seed. Now so, I was told that the, the seed was uh, not the seed, but the sod is always um, bluegrass. Uh, oh bluegrass. Bluegrass. Yes. Is that right? Yes, and it does not grow in the shade. So you're going <laughs> to buy grass seed that is for part shade. It's going to have fescues in it. It's going to have all kinds of. It's going to have some, maybe ten or twenty percent bluegrass, but the other eighty percent is not bluegrass. Is my point. So anyway, you're going to get that grass seed mix, blend. You're going to go out there. You're going to pretend you're feeding the chickens. So you're going to broadcast the seed over the area where you want your patching and filling. Then you're going to rake lightly again because the birds will steal the seed if you just leave it on the surface. Then you're going to get out your sprinkler and you're going to start watering. And you are going to make sure that you keep that area moist for the next two to three weeks. Well, if it's not raining, you're you're watering, but not soaking like a you know swamp, but making sure that the seed is kept moist to get it to germinate. Once it germinates, it will start growing, and two weeks after that, you'll be mowing it. Okay. <clears throat> oh, okay. I, I guess Tim, yes. Sounds good. good. Excellent. Okay. Nice question, Tim. And hey, another first-time caller, this time around from Toronto. It's Allison. <phone rings> Welcome to the show, Allison. Thank you. Hi, Charlie. Hi, Frank. Good morning. I was at the garden show was a couple of weeks back, mm-hmm. I bought two um, cactuses. Mm-hmm. I'd never seen them before, and I decided, let me buy two of them. Mm-hmm. But I come home now, and I want to put them in a little bigger pot, I don't know what kind of um, soil to buy. Well, you can buy cactus soil. It will just be a, a good quality potting soil or a soilless mix, but it'll have extra chunky sand or gravel in it just to make sure it's very well drained. Right? So that's what you're looking for, a very... Yeah, I just want to know what um, yeah. Yeah. type of soil, because they're different. I've never seen oh. them before. Oh, well, uh, you're in Toronto. I look at the name on it. It says Gasteria. I don't know. Is that Royal Wolf Gang? I don't know if that's the name of it. Uh, sorry, what's the name say? It said Gasteria, and underneath it says Royal Wolf Gang. Now, that I don't know if that's the name, because the other one says Gasteria SP. Okay, that's the name of the cactuses, by the sounds of it. Oh, I see. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, so just go, um, I think at this time of year you will find there's some very good choices on bags of soil. Mm-hmm. So even, just two little plants. I don't yeah, want anything big, you know. No, no, I understand. But I'm just saying, even if you go to a Walmart, even at this time of year, going to a dollar store, you oh. will find little bags of soil available in these stores because everybody's growing stuff. So oh, just, I so so I, I, I Walmart and the dollar store. Yeah, I think you, you may find just what you're looking for at either of those spots in a small bag. And if you're getting bigger pots, remember with cacti, 
try and use clay pots. Clay pots are better for drainage than a plastic pot. Oh, so, yeah, can, I mean, the plastic pot. Well, that's why maybe I should hurry up and get them out of that. Yeah, so maybe... Because the roots have already come through the bottom. Right. Okay, so, but do consider a clay pot just because you'll find it's, it's easier to, to care for cacti. Lots of sun, well-drained soil. Okay, sure. thanks, Allison. All righty. Uh, boy, we've got a busy uh, morning here going, I'll I tell you. No, People are gardening. Sun is shining. <laughs> We're heading out to Brantford. There's Thomas. Good morning, Thomas. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Good morning. Um, I planted raspberry bushes. I think they were the ever-blooming type about six years ago. And the raspberries that it produces isn't even worth picking. They're very, very small. Oh. So you're wondering why. Do you ever prune them? Uh, I've tried pruning them to the ground, and I've tried leaving them alone and letting them grow, and then just trimming them maybe to about three or four feet in the springtime. Mm-hmm. I've had raspberries no matter what I do. And are they growing in lots of sun? Yes. And do you fertilize? Yes. Because I would even be, you know, you're out in Branford, you could probably get um, access to some nice, well-aged, composted manure. Uh, I take from... about 20 garbage cans a year. Oh, you do, and you put it on the raspberries, and you're yes. still not getting a good crop. Hmm. They're small, and but otherwise they're fine. They look well-formed. grows like crazy. Hmm. And the, the leaves and the, the actual um, stems look fine because i mean there are a few like insects that get into raspberries no there's no insects it's a really healthy looking plant huh it's just that i don't get any raspberries you right. got a you got a bum bush there. i That's was what gonna you got. say yeah. i'd be taking those back from wherever you got those but yeah, i've had them for about seven years i know you can't now i'll just take them up and replace them then eh? that's what i would do yeah because i mean frank you know has yeah. spoken it's true sometimes plants just are bum plants yeah you know it's not your fault you sounds like you're doing everything right and yeah, okay, i then. love raspberries berries. <laughs> yeah, me too. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Thanks for your Okay, call. thanks, Thomas. Uh, nice to hear from our friends in Brantford. Now we're going to go to uh, Milton and say hi to Jane. Welcome to the show, Jane. Oh, good morning, and thanks for taking my call. When I was at the Creative Blooms Festival, I bought a really sweet little miniature palm tree, and I just wondered if I could put it outside on my patio this summer, because my cat is after it, uh, and I can't. I have to keep it away from the cat. I know. <laughs> Cats love grasses, and palms are a form of a grass. That's what's going on there. So you know what you should do? You're absolutely right. Yes, you can go out on the patio with it once we're frost-free. So even on a day like today, you could put it out for a couple hours, but do bring it in at night, and do okay. not go into full sun with it. Go into a shady spot to start. Give it a... Yeah. Um, but eventually, if you can get it in a bit of sun, that would be better. Uh, and... Uh, grow some cat grass for your cat or you can buy it already growing at some of the grocery stores right now it's just little pots of looks like lawn grasses growing in a little pot they're actually oats and cats love chewing on those grasses like now at this time of year it's uh, they just get all excited when spring is in the air they want to start chewing green things so uh yeah i i have the same thing uh, palms that my cat will you know leap tall buildings to get at so (laughs) i um i do i grow cat grass for him so he leaves the palms alone <laughs> this little palm tree is so darling uh, how big is it going to grow or i'm not sure you'd have to do you have a name on it at all is there did it come well, with a name it's up 
years now, but okay. um, you yeah, can... it just was so sweet. I had to buy it because yeah. I love palm trees. <laughs> yeah, I love miniatures too, so why not? Well, you can, uh, if you want to email me the name, I'm happy to, to look it up for you and let you know. And we okay. can give out our, e- Frank will give out my email address. Absolutely. I'll do that right now. Thanks, I'll give Jane. You a, I'll give you a moment, uh, Jane, to run for a piece of paper and pencil. And uh, at the same time, let you know that as we say goodbye to Jane, we uh, open up a line there for you at either our uh, Toronto line, 416-360-0740, or anywhere in the province, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. And Charlie Dobbin's email address here at the station is c.dobbin, that's D-O-B-B-I-N, at mzmedia.com. Dot com. Just that simple, okay? I know. It's yeah. True. Well, we're uh, going to have uh, chats with Marianne and Jim, all that to come on The Garden Show here from Zoomer Radio, and we shall return in just moments. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And here we are once again. Uh, well, well, we never left. Ah, oh, it's we? such a blue sky. <laughs> Look at this. We got to get out of the studio. We got to get outside. Maybe we'll take a drive to Etobicoke. Okay. Okay. All okay. right. There's Marianne. Hi, Marianne. Welcome to the show. Thank you, and what a gorgeous day, Charlie. <laughs> every year, I have picked my forsythia early, forced it, mm-hmm. and for Easter, whatever, had mm. the blooms in the house. Right. This is the first year ever. All I got were leaves. Normally it's the flowers and then the leaves afterwards. I didn't get one flower. How come? Well, because you uh, pruned branches that did not have flower buds on them. Uh, But when you see that bulbous bump like a bud, Mm -hmm. is that not what you think is the flower? Because they always come first, don't they? Yeah, usually. But uh, was it the very top of the plant that you were pruning or was it down low? It was a bit all over. Okay. You're right. Usually with forsythia, the, the buds that you see, they're t- quite round and plump. Exactly. They, and they are flower buds. Uh, and then you're right. They come first, then the leaves, followed by the leaves. But it, sometimes people's forsythia doesn't bloom out in their gardens in the spring. And they're like, why didn't it, it bloom? Well, uh-huh. two things can happen. One is the flower buds can get killed in the winter because of oh. harsh winds or very low temperatures. Or the plants were pruned at the wrong time and all the flower buds got all pruned off because the plant was pruned at the wrong time. Because now, right after it blooms is the time to prune it. Because all the growth that grows all summer is where the flower buds form before winter comes. So, yeah, so why why you didn't get flower buds is a bit of a mystery because it was not a super cold winter. So the flower buds... And actually, I don't prune this bush. It just goes wild. So I was going to say the only other answer is the cold weather, but then it wasn't that cold. No, it was a fairly mild winter. Mm -hmm. So maybe you do need to prune it, though, because remember, (laughs) we don't do favors to our shrubs when we don't prune them. All they do is become a tangled, gnarly mess. There's not enough air penetration or sun penetration, and you will find fewer flower buds are formed when the plant is struggling and it's just a, like I said, just a big mess of branches all twisting and twining and rubbing against each other. Mm -hmm. So don't hesitate once. This one, you know, see if it flowers at all this spring. Keep an eye on your neighbors. You'll know when the forsythia is blooming. Right after it's done blooming, if yours doesn't bloom, but Particularly, get on pruning it. Okay. Okay. Thank you 
for your help and get out of there and enjoy this day. Exactly. <laughs> well, I'm watching the clock. Okay, very good. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, we'll be heading to High Park to see what's going on out there. That's right. We start the, uh, We start with a little brekkie. Yes, of course, and then check the cherry blossoms to see how far along Don't, they're coming. Let's not promote the cherry blossoms. That's a big mistake. Oh, oh that's right. Right? Yeah. Oh. Millions of people end up going there, and then we can't get in there because they got there first. <laughs> so. Mistake on my part. That's right. Another one. There are no cherry okay. blossoms at High Park. Trust me. You want to see cherry blossoms, like go to Washington or Japan or somewhere else. Do not go into downtown Toronto. There you go. <laughs> Advice from Charlie. All right. Jim and Scarborough, welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you today, folks? Good Great. morning. Good. I have a privet hedge. It's probably 50 or 60 years old. It mm-hmm. had been my in-laws. Mm-hmm. And um, it's about five foot high and about four foot wide. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to trim it back. Mm-hmm. How much can I trim it back? And um, when's a good time to do it? I've had some of it um, when we did a reno here was taken off right at ground level, basically, mm-hmm. and it came back. I was going to say, problem. yeah, your timing is good. You can just about trim it down. Well, with a privet, we uh, I'd go down, you know, six inches tall. Okay. But you have to do it now. You oh, have to you do it do early. Six inches off the ground. You can if you want. Like and if you real, real to where you want it. Yeah, really want to rejuvenate it. Take it right down. Of course, when you're doing that, watch for dead wood because you're going to want to take out anything that's dead. That, yeah. That's of those stems that have have been left there. You're going to want to take out anything that's. Um, rubbing together, right. uh, so anything is damaged from rubbing, right. and you're probably going to look at that point at the soil. If it's been there that long, the soil it might be a bit tired. Right. <clears throat> so loosening the soil, uh, being careful obviously of the roots, but loosening the soil, top dressing with some good organic material, whether it's compost or composted manure, that will rejuvenate the the soil. Cutting it all down will be highly productive in terms of what the how the plants will respond. They'll pop right back up, and it'll look like it was planted just last year. Okay. This, yeah, this the next couple of days or so would be good. Perfect. It? Yep, and it's nice dry weather, right. so that's good. We do all our pruning when it's nice and dry and sunny. Right. Yeah, but, and I know there's a lot of other stuff that's in there that shouldn't be, but trying to get at it, like uh, Absolutely. Old, old maple trees sure. and stuff like yeah. that. Perfect right. opportunity. Get that. Make sure you got a big, strong, long stru- screwdriver with you so you can get down in between the roots of the privet and loosen up those maple trees and those volunteers that are growing in there. Okay. Thank you very much. All Thank right. you, Jim. Thanks for calling. Thanks for uh, being on the show this morning. And, hey, it's Sandra in Milton. Who has a question for you, Charlie? Good morning, Sandra. Good morning. Morning to both of you. Um, I have really got a problem with three Martha Washington geraniums, which we purchased together, my husband and I, for a special occasion mm-hmm. um, from a greenhouse. They were beautiful three weeks ago, mm-hmm. and in those three weeks, I'm, I've, I've totally almost lost one of them, <laughs> and the other two are hanging in there. And I suspect, um, it, although the <clears throat> excuse me, the, ex- the instructions say to keep in bright light, those two weeks were so dull, mm. no sun. <laughs> uh, my south-facing window got very little light. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. And um, the leaves began within maybe a week or two, maybe a week ago. Mm-hmm. The leaves faded, like they went from a beautiful dark green oh. to a pale green. And then um, some, which I have trimmed off, have gone brown and papery. Uh, the buds, it was they were full of buds, and they went yellowy, and I've trimmed those off. But the one is like a weeping willow. It's, it's um, leaves 
branches or stems have just gone absolutely arched. Mm. Now, the other thing I suspect I did was perhaps mm. overwater them. Mm-hmm, I think so. And um, the one, I, I put them out on the front porch yesterday in the sun for about three hours just to give them some extra light, mm-hmm. which, you know, isn't long enough. <laughs> but, well, but it's a start. <laughs> it's a change overnight. Yeah. But this other one that's, that's gone wilty, um, I took it out of its pot, mm-hmm. and it, you used the word with another caller this morning, swamp. Mm. It's very, very soggy. It's like a wet sponge. Mm. And I'm wondering if I should be taking that soil off mm-hmm. and putting it into some dry soil. Um, I don't know how to dry. I mean, it, it, it almost looks like it's gone forever. But. Yeah. Well, you know what I would do? If the, the really super limp one that has obviously been overwatered. So I would, you're right. Tip, tip it on its side. Pull the plant out. What I would do rather than... T- you know, taking away the wet soil and putting in dry soil because actually, I mean, plants do need water, but if it's too much water, the roots will start to rot. So what I would do is I would squeeze that little root ball that with the soil still around the roots, squeeze and any excess water out, just like you would squeeze a sponge, right? I mean, you know, don't wring it or anything, but just <laughs> give it a real thorough, you know, squeezing. So get any excess water out that way. Then I would allow it to do a certain amount of drying out. I would actually probably leave that root ball sitting on a piece of newspaper for a couple of hours, just drying out a little bit out in the air right before it goes back into the pot. And then eventually you're going to have to go back into the pot, stabilize the whole plant, maybe using some um, skewers or, um, you know, some way just because it's going to be all falling over and stuff. It's wilting, etc. But just try and stabilize it, get in, in as bright a spot as you can. Uh, obviously avoid drafts and do not water. What has to happen is any roots that have rotted uh, will rot and new ones have to grow. And they will if you can just not water and just give it the right conditions, okay? And is it okay, <clears throat> like t- today, tomorrow, while mm-hmm. it's above, say, 10 degrees? Sure, get them uh, outside. Help it dry out, put it outside? Absolutely. On yep. its side or something? So uh, Well, that's right. Yeah, if if it's right out of the pot, you could. Yep, get it outside, though, because it's brighter outside than it is in your house, and certainly the warm temperatures will help. Sandra, I hope that helps. We do have to scoot along here. Uh, Have a a break to get to. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for every Floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. You know what that means. Oh, uh-huh. what does it mean? First time caller, Pat from Georgetown. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hi, you've got your wings. I've got my wings. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, you know, just a, uh, a, almost a first time gardener, too. My husband used to do it all, and, and uh, now I'm into it. So oh, I have a couple of questions. Never One, too late. I would like... Uh, to know, I bought at uh, Canada Blooms, I bought the Gerbers, the new ones. Mm-hmm. Can I plant them now? Not yet, no. Got to wait till it's frost-free. Okay. Particularly uh, in Georgetown. And your soil is very cold still. Yeah, it is. I've been out there working at it. I know my tulips and that are coming up. Yeah. But, 
Yeah, and enjoy the, the tulips. And, and, you know, right now we're, it's all about the lawns, raking yeah. our lawns and, and doing a little pruning and cleaning up. But don't try and plant anything unless you're, you know, planting your vegetable gardens ready to go. You could put some pea seeds in and things like that. But otherwise, don't be planting anything. Okay. It's too cold. Well, in other words, wait until the 24th of May or something like that. Well, we did have a frost last year on the 23rd of May. So, yes, good idea. Oh, Canada, Canada. <laughs> Pat, well, have, the next question. Well, I'm sorry, Pat. Oh. Uh, one of the rules of the show is uh, one question per call, okay? So please call in again next week for another yeah, question, all righty? Other callers lined up. Thanks, Pat. We do have Marlene on the line from Oakville. So let's see if we can Wait, squeeze that one in. You're just moving me through here so well, fast. Well, I am, I, I am. Producer Frank. All right, <laughs> this is a fast one. Marlene, good morning. Hello, good Hi. morning. Uh, moss is taking over my backyard. What can I do? All right. So you, you, our first caller from Barry was asking the exact same thing as what about moss? So moss, dig it out, shallow shovel, dig it out, get it off the property, loosen the soil because it uh, needs aeration into the soil in that area. Um, Fertilize the soil, add horticultural lime because it's likely a low pH, so sprinkling horticultural lime on top. And if it's a lawn you're trying to grow, choose a grass seed that will grow in the low light conditions that moss loves, and typically grasses don't. Uh, and just try and avoid it being a, a wet spot. Uh, it, add drain, whatever drainage. <clears throat> However, you can help the drainage is a good thing. Well, the, my, that the funny thing is that my backyard is... Uh, bright sun oh, all okay. day long. Yep. It's dry. Okay. Well, then a soil test of the area, the soil in the area where the moss is growing is a good idea. That will tell you exactly what's going on with your pH, and you'll yeah. be in a better position to be able to fix the soil so the moss will not grow, and then get a good grass seed to grow there. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good Thank- luck with that, Marlene. Thanks, Merlene, and uh, to all our callers for joining us this morning. Here yes, beautiful, indeed. Beautiful it's day. been a busy show. Wow, I'll tell you. Hey, and coming up after the news at 10, it's Dave's Corner Garage, and joining Dave in studio is Jeff Coy of Lamp Insurance, who will answer all your questions. That's after the news on Zuma Radio, and we wrap up the show here. Yes, indeed. And, and of course, you are coming back at some point? I am back at 2 o'clock in the afternoon uh-huh. after our little sojourn out at... Uh, Oh, so it would be after two before you come up to help me in the garden then? That's right, yes. You you haven't got to fill in Uh, to to do that show for you (laughs) so you can come right now. You you are a (laughs) taskmaster is what you are. Mm. There's lots to do and beautiful sunshine and we're feeling good and sprightly. We've got our joints well oiled. uh, Yeah, are you speaking anywhere today? No. You you spoke last week. I did, yeah, it was fun. How did that go? It went well. Yeah, yeah. They've got a seed lending going on there now, which is quite fun. Did they roll out the red carpet for you, as, as you usually do? No, demand? I waited. I did wait, oh, but did it you? didn't yeah. show, so I thought, yeah, I thought maybe you'd come and carry me in, but no. Oh, well, yeah. There it is. So I did my best, but yes, it was very nice. It was a good crowd, lots of good questions. Uh, you know, people are, people are keen. All ages. I love it. All and ages. just one final note, if I may give Charlie a call. She is a master gardener, and she does go out and do some work for you in the garden. Now, there's a cost, and but she'll let you know what that's all about. Yeah. If you contact Charlie at c.dobbin, that's D-O-B-B-I-N, at mzmedia.com, right? Thanks, Frank. You're welcome. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Sebastian. See you all again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio. The new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. 
Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.